Thank you for joining us on our LWCC podcast. Right now, you're going to hear a message from our senior pastor and founder of Living Word, Pastor Ruben Reyna. Let's jump into our word. Amen. Come on, Lord. We just thank you, my God. We thank you for what you're going to do, my God. We thank you for your presence that is here, my God. And Father, we just just give everything over to you right now, my God, that you would challenge us, you would speak to us, you would encourage us, my God. I pray tonight, Father, allow me to step aside, God, as, as I minister your word tonight, Father God. Let us not go out of here the same, God, but let us be encouraged through your word. And we're careful to give you all the glory, the honor, and the praise. And everyone said, amen and amen. You can go ahead and take your seats, amen. Uh, uh, tonight, I got the privilege of ministering the word. If you're taking notes, I, ch- I titled it Chasing Lions. Come on now. Chasing Lions. How, how many know God's called us to chase our lions, amen, and, and to destroy them? But a lot of times, we let the lions chase us. I'm going to be reading out of 2 Samuel chapter 23, verse 20 and 23 from the NLT. It says, there was also Benaniah, son of Jehoda, a, a violent warrior. It says, he did many heroic deeds, which included killing two champions of Moab. Another time on a snowy day, he chased a lion down into a pit and killed it. Verse 21, once armed only with the club, he killed an imposing Egyptian warrior who was armed with a spear. Benaniah wrenched the spear from the Egyptian's hand and killed him with it. Verse 22, these like these made Benaniah as famous as the three mightiest warriors. He was more honored than the other members of the 30, though he was not one of the three. And David made him captain of his body. Uh, of, he made him captain, amen, uh, of his bodyguard, amen. And, and how many ever read this story before? Amen. Because we, we read it here, and, and, and we're going to look at the story of, of Benaniah about how he chased the lion, the Bible says, into a pit. But do you know every one of us has a lion in our life? Every one of us. And, and for Benaniah, it was the worst possible uh, uh, foe that he could meet. And, and you and I have things like that. Maybe your lion it, it can, can be uh, uh, the opposite sex. Hello, somebody. Maybe your lion can be fear. Maybe your lion can be that you're afraid to fulfill the call of God. Maybe your lion can be addiction. I'm not that bad. After all, now I only get high once a month. How many know you're still addicted? How many know God didn't die to give us total victory? He died to give us complete victory. And until you jump in the pit with that lion and face it, you're always going to say, well, I'm not as bad as I used to be. 
Maybe it's quite a different lion for the person that's sitting next to you. Maybe it's a physical, a, a lion. A, maybe a, the doctor's giving you a bad report. Or, or maybe you've been going through affliction and, and you've been getting hit and hit and hit. And you're like, God, I, I don't understand what's taking place here. Well, tonight, I pray that it's explained to you, amen, that we have to jump in the pit. Amen. It may be disappointment that you're facing. Amen. Uh, uh, but whatever it is, that lion is there for a reason. How many can say amen? amen. Benaniah, it says he wasn't a, a normal person. Well, how do we know that? Because how many know normal people don't chase lions? Right? When's the last time you chased a lion? I mean, as a matter of fact, if we hear lions roar, all of a sudden we're like, wait a minute, I'm going the, the opposite direction, right? And as it is, when you hear a, a chihuahua bark, you go the opposite direction, <laughs> let alone a lion. So Benaniah wasn't normal. He didn't run the other way. Uh, he chased the lion. He jumped in the pit. But the thing about this, it says on a snowy day, on a snowy day. You know where you find normal people? You find them on the sidelines of life and ministry, uh, applauding those that are doing a great work for God. And after applauding them for a while, because they don't participate, they criticize them. Hello, somebody. Don't get mad at me. First Peter 2.9, it says, but you are a chosen generation, a royal priesthood, a holy nation. Then it says a peculiar person. That you should show forth the praises of him who hath called you out of darkness into his wonderful light. Now, the definition of peculiar, excuse me, it means different from the usual or normal. I mean, some of you have been told all your life that, that you were special. <laughs> this is a different kind of special. How many could say Amen. It comes from the Latin word, uh, and, and it's an adjective meaning privately owned or special. So when we look at Benaniah, we can say, man, he, he, he was a, a, a special person just like you and I. You may be sitting here tonight and say, well, I don't feel special. Well, the Bible says before you were born, he thought about you. That means you're special. I don't care what you're feeling tonight. I don't care what circumstance you're facing. You are special before the Lord. And I want to challenge and encourage you to come off the sidelines and jump into the pit and become a lion killer because uh, your God-given opportunities only come in the pits of life. You may be going right now and it feels like you're in a pit and you're like, man, that, that's a God-given opportunity. See, the lion is called the king of the beast because it's, very, it's a very powerful animal. They say with one blow of its paw, it can smash the human skull. With one blow. The bones of the skull are, are, are the strongest structure of the body. They also say a, a lion is able with his teeth to bite through any bone of the human body. Any bone of the human body. And to face that kind of animal at close quarters, I mean, Ben and I had to be a little bit crazy. How many could say amen? amen. How many know God saves people like us that were crazy in the world? Because he knows once I save them, once I transform their lives, then they ain't going to be afraid to do nothing for me because they weren't afraid in the world. <laughs> Peculiar people. Every one of us has a lion in our life. 
It is something you dread. That thought that comes up. Maybe the issue, maybe people are coming against you. I mean, no, that can be a lion. I mean, no family members could come against you. People at work could come against you. At times, your spouse could come against you. Hello, somebody. Maybe it's, it's, it's you fear the call of God. You, you think God made a mistake. I mean, no, God doesn't make mistakes. He called you by your name. He didn't call us, hey, fool. He called you by your name. We were a fool when he called us, but he called us by our name. The line in your life could be addiction. It could be laziness. You have no discipline in your life. That's why whatever uh, it comes to jump in the pit, you don't jump in the pit because you don't have discipline. When you don't have discipline, you, you go by impulse. Whenever your flesh wants to do something, that impulse comes up. And because you don't have discipline in the spirit, you go ahead and you do it. And then you come back and say, God, I'm sorry. I made a mistake. And, and God forgives us, but true repentance means once we repent from it, we don't go back to it. Maybe it's pride. I'm the man for the hour. The woman for the hour. Why are they preaching? I should be preaching. If you were ready, God would open the doors. Let's go on. That's another message. Amen. <laughs> Maybe it's a fear of, man, I don't want to go to ministry because I'm always going to be broke. Because that's the mindset you have in your mind. Amen. No, if I, if I go to, into ministry, then I got to live by faith. How I many know you go more places by faith than you do whatever money, money can take you? I've been more places by faith, amen, than when I was working a job and making good money. You know, and so a lot of times we think that's what it is. So whatever it may be, the lion is your worst possible foe in your life. It says, Benaniah, when he met the lion and he met him in the worst possible place, he met him in the pit. Amen. And so it says he jumped in, but it wasn't just that. He jumped in on a snowy day. Because if you're going to fight a lion, you don't want to fight him in the snow. How many could say amen? I don't want to fight him in the snow. Not even jump in the pit because once he jumped in the pit, he couldn't get out of the pit. When's the last time you, you, you faced your lion head on when you said, I'm just jumping in and I, I'm not going to stop fighting until I conquer it? That's what Ben and I were saying. He's at close quarters where there's no escape. In other words, this is a do or die situation. We have nowadays too many believers that don't want to kill their lions. They want to say, well, I'm going to test it out. And they don't give God 110%. They don't jump into the pits that God allows for them for opportunity. They sit back and say, well, I'm just trying God out. You know, if you're just trying God out, it's never going to work for you. Just jump in. In the world, you just didn't try things out, right? They, they pulled the bag out of per, their pocket. Hey, you want something? Before they even finished the sentence, you were over there taking it already. Some of you just know what I mean, right? If you like to dance, all you had to do was hear one beat and you started going. You didn't know how to dance, amen? Everybody laughed at you, amen? But you still went because you didn't care what nobody said. But now you don't want to get sold out because people are going to talk about you. It was a do or die situation. In the worst possible place, under the worst possible circumstances. You know what Ben and I did? He said, I'm getting rid of plan B, plan C, and plan D. 
Too many believers hold on to plan B, plan C, and plan D. Some of you have all the ways to Z, and then some of you even made your own alphabet up after Z. And then you're wondering why it's not working out for you. I don't want to jump in the pit yet. The circumstances are not right. When I hear angels singing, right? When I hear God's voice saying, jump, I'll jump. How many know it's never going to be like that? How many know snow numbs your fingers and makes it difficult to hold weapons? That's why people wear gloves in the snow, right? And then when you get older, you don't even want to go to the snow no more because all your bones hurt, man. (laughs) But it numbs the fingers. That's why they wear gloves. But here Benaniah went in, and he had a weapon. He says, it's do or die. He's going to die or I'm going to die. But I serve a God that is going to go with me when I go in that pit. So I know that I'm getting rid of everything. It's a do or die situation. When's the last time you thought like that? I'm going to jump in the pit, God. Do or die. But we want to, I mean, you ever see people go to the beach and they test the water? They stick their feet in there, then they run. Ooh, it's cold, right? (laughs) And then you get those fools that just jump in. Ah, that's it, right? Same thing with swimming pools, right? Oh, it's too cold, but then just jump in. How many know snow makes footing uh, uh, slippery? How many have been in the snow and you say, I got to get snow boots, right? And you still fall. But here he was in the snow. It was hard for his fingers to hold his weapon, hard for him to get footing. All these factors were involved in the battle of Benaniah, but he still jumped in on that day when it was snowing. See, you can say all his physical abilities were taken away. He didn't jump into the pit, he jumped into the supernatural. And too many of us are afraid to jump into the pit that the Lord places before us because he wants to take us to the supernatural, but we're looking at our circumstance. Oh, it's snowy. Oh, my fingers are cold. Oh, I can't win. This thing is bigger than me. But here he just jumped in and he was saying, I'm leaving the natural for the supernatural. When's the last time you you left the natural for the supernatural? Logic's thinking about your circumstance. Everybody's coming against me. He's poor me. When's the last time you're like that? Then it's it's my party. I can cry if I want to. You shouldn't be crying. You should be jumping into that pit and killing those lions that are coming before you. Amen. But when we read this story here, it doesn't tell us anything on how he killed the lion. But how many know when it's put in the word, sometimes in Proverbs 25 too, it says this, the glory of God is to conceal a thing, but the glory of kings is to search it out. So God never tells us something like this without hiding the answer for us to find it if we'll look for it. Too many of us want to open the Bible and not study it and think the answer is going to pop out. But the scripture we read says he hides it inside his word for us as believers can search it. And then when we search it, all of a sudden the word becomes alive. The Rima word of God. And we have something we can stand on. Why? Because we're searching the scriptures out. So here, when we read the scriptures, it tells us that he was one of the most famous soldiers in Israel, 2 Samuel 23. 
It also tells us he was the captain of the king of David's bodyguards in 1 Chronicles 11.25. 1 Kings 2.35 tells us he was the commander of Israel's army during Solomon's reign. So the answer, of course, if we think about it, is that Benaniah was able to do this because that is the kind of man he was. But he was a mighty man of valor, we know that, but it was not the deeds he did which made him that way. The deeds simply revealed what he already was. Because now, oh, look at what he did. No, that just revealed who he was. He trusted, just like us. When we do things, it's going to reveal whether we trust the Lord or whether we don't. Whether we go with our logic or whether we step into the supernatural. And how many know when we got born again, he put a supernatural spirit inside of us. That way it'll guide us and take us to the supernatural. But too many of us want to live in the flesh. The Bible calls that in Galatians 5, uh, the works of the flesh. There's works of the flesh. See, some of you is getting angry. That's one of the works of the flesh. Amen. <laughs> So the deed simply revealed what he already was. Like Ben and I, we have, we have not been built to run in fear. How many believe that? God didn't build us to run in fear. Then why are we running? Why are you afraid of that circumstance? Some of you, you, you you're in fear so much when you take the trash out all night, you're afraid of your shadow. <laughs> I won't point you out, Amen. <laughs> We have been built by God to kill our lions. How many can say amen? Look at your neighbor and tell them God built you to kill those lions in your life. Tell them. Tell them with authority. Some people don't want to look because they don't want to kill those lions, huh? Look at them again and tell them God built you to kill those lions in your life. See, there's two reasons why a lion roars. When a lion roars, it's to claim that he is king, that, that, that you're in his territory, and how many know the, the Bible says the enemy is like a roaring lion? He wants to, he, he, when we try to get in the supernatural, he'll roar to keep us where he's at. The second reason why a lion roars is to put fear in the heart of everyone who dwells in his territory. Because it says his roar can be heard up to five miles. And then when, that, when, the, when they hear the roar, it also says that it paralyzes them. For seconds. And those seconds that the animals are paralyzed gives the lion enough time to get to them. Too many believers, the lion is roaring on you, the, the fake lion, the enemy. And it's paralyzing you. So you're not stepping out to the call of God. So you're not stepping out and conquering those things that God has put in front of you in order to advance you to the next level, in order to get you out of the, the natural into the supernatural. Because you keep using your logical thinking. See, the Bible says, I'm not the Bible. When you study the lions, it says they can leap about 35 feet. I mean, that's far. It also says that when it goes and it roars and when it sees another lion, when it takes over a territory, he fights the male lion. But not only does he kill the male lion, he kills the cubs too. That way the cubs won't grow up, get bigger, and kill him because of them killing their dad. It says a male lion can get up to 10 feet and weigh from 250 to 500 pounds. We got some lions in here, huh? No, I'm just joking. Let's go on. 
It says lions can run up to 50 miles per hour, but only in a straight line for a few seconds. Lions can see six times better in the dark than any human. So let's make a spiritual comparison. 1 Peter 5, 8 says, be sober to exercise self-control, be vigilant, in other words, stay awake, responsible, stay alert, because your adversary, the devil, walks about like, it says, imitation, a, imitating a roaring lion, seeking who he may devour. So it says that the devil is still walking on earth, roaring like a lion, attempting to put fear into God's people so he can try to continue to exercise his domain in a territory that God has already given us victory. Let me roar. You're always going to be a drug addict. Let me roar. Your marriage is always going to struggle. Let me roar. Don't tithe because you're always going to be broke. Let me roar. You'll never take a city. The devil is hoping that his roar will paralyze you from pursuing what God has for your life. There's some here that want to start a business, but the enemy keeps roaring and say, you will never make it. No, jump in the pit. Start the business. Put God first and see how God will bless you. Uh, maybe for your destiny, you're afraid. I don't know. I never did this before. None of us never did this before. We didn't get saved in another life, and now we got experience when we get saved again. This is all new to us. But you got to keep jumping in those pits when they come before us. Maybe your health. Maybe your children. You're praying for them, and they get worse. Jump in the pit and do warfare for them. Stay all night in travail and prayer until the breakthrough comes because God has given us a promise, and we have to stand on that promise. I want to bring out three things real quick that you need to do in order to kill those lions in your life. Number one, you need to jump in the pit. Not complicated, right? How many know the gospel is easy? The Bible is easy. We complicate it. How do we complicate it? With logic. What do you mean jump in there? Do you know how far? And look at that lion. He's roaring. And I'm afraid of chihuahuas. That's a lion. How many know that's logic? But when you understand that, that God has given us authority, that God has put the, the, the Holy Spirit inside us, we're able to jump in the pit and say, it doesn't matter what lion is in there. I'm going to come out victorious because I have no plan B. I have no plan C. It's just God all the ways. You see, when you jump in the pit, you're facing your lion. Too many times we think, well, if I don't face it, it's not there. Right? I'm going to act like it's not there because I got it under control. No, you don't. If you read Galatians, it talks about, uh, when it's talking about the works of the flesh, it always talks about desires also. It says when your desires are filled, you're full. Some of us, we go out, we do our thing. We don't kill that lion. Then we say, God, I got victory. No, you're just full. But all of a sudden, when you come hungry for that again, it's, you're going to do the same thing over. You got to face your lions. 
Look at your neighbor and tell him, stop being scared. <laughs> Second Timothy 1.7, and we all know what it says. For God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of power. Power. Yes. How many got power here tonight? Amen. Everybody's hand. You should have put your feet up too because you said, I'm full of God's power. Amen. We have power. He said, God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of power and of love. But then look what he says, and a sound mind. A sound, supernatural mind that will not take us back to logic, that will not take us back. Oh, but you don't understand. Look at how deep my pit is. No, you don't understand how powerful our God is. We have to conquer our fears if we're going to kill our lions. You must be willing to jump into the pits of life to slay the lions we face. See, fear will keep us from taking risk. Risk, the definition means a situation involving exposure to danger. If you're, if you're afraid, if you're scared, if you're a sissy, then you're not going to take risk. No, that, that's, that's too dangerous. I don't want to go witness in the ghettos. <laughs> you came from the ghetto, fool. You know, now all of a sudden you're locking your doors when you drive through there. Shame on you. That's a place where God wants us to go back and pull them out of the pits of hell and let them know there is a way out. How many know fear makes us skeptical? Skeptical means not easily convinced, having doubts. Are you sure you called me to preach? I can't even spoke right. I don't even have an edumacation. I don't even understand what I read. I was like that when I got saved. But I had to jump in the pit and say, God, you can do all things, God. Uh, and I had to learn and search. And then God started renewing my mind. But it'll make you skeptical. You're you're not going to be convinced. What do you mean, God, you called me? What do you mean, God, pay my tithes? But I got all these bills. I'll get you next time, Lord. Why? Because you're skeptical. How many know fear makes us selfish? That word definition of selfish means all we do is think of ourselves. What do you mean go witness? No, it's too hot. What am I going to tell them? Selfish. Pay your tithes. No, I need money for myself. I mean, those are all selfish acts. Love that person. No, I don't like them. I mean, that's selfish. I mean, those are all choices we make. But if we have the love of God, that supernatural power, it's going to be easy to love people. It's going to be easy, it's going to be easy to love your enemies. How many know fear makes us stubborn? Meaning refusing to change. I don't care, God. You made a mistake, and I know that. I mean, go ahead and choose somebody else, because if I ever get there, I'm going to mess up so bad, and then we try to justify it. I'm going to make you look bad. You're justifying it. Proverbs 23, 13, the NLT says this. The lazy person claims there's a lion out there, If I go outside, I might be killed. Let me read that again. The NLT, Proverbs 22, 13. The lazy person claims there's a lion out there. If I go outside, I might be killed. See, a lazy person doesn't want to put in work. A lazy person doesn't want to jump in the pit. 
The only time he'll jump in the pit if the lion's already dead. That's a lazy person. You don't want to put in your own work. I mean, no, the only one that can give you victory is you trusting the Lord. Is you saying, God, I'm going to do whatever I have to do. I'm going to stand on whatever promise I have to stand on. I'm going to face whatever line you put before me, God, because I know you are preparing me for better things. 1 John 4, 4, greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. You know, psychiatric reference books state that there are approximately 2,000 classified fears. 2,000. But they also teach that we are only born with two fears at the time of birth. The first fear is the fear of falling. And the second fear is loud noises. Did you know that? That's it. But there's over 2,000 fears. And so that means that all the other categories of fear have to be learned. And so for too long, we have allowed the devil to be our teacher, allowing us, to, allowing him to teach us how to live in fear. We look at today, our country, everything they're trying to bring us to get us to live in fear. Amen. But how many know God has given us a peace? God has given us a power. God has given us a supernatural spirit that we don't have to live in fear but in power love and a sound mind living by faith means taking risk you need to get rid of plan b c or d my second one second point you need to stop making excuses stop making excuses look at your neighbor tom stop making excuses especially the lie that gets you to believe god can't change you God, you can't change me. My dad was like this. His dad was like that. His dad, and you go all the way back to Moses' days. Come on, cut it out, you know. <laughs> God, you can't change me. You made a mistake. God doesn't make no mistakes. We make the mistake when we don't believe he can do what he says he can do in our lives. Maybe we make an excuse because the conditions are not perfect. They weren't perfect for Ben and I. It was a snowy day. And then once he jumped in the pit, there was no way out. He was, I'm jumping in. If I die, I die. But I'm not going to let this lion control my life anymore. Too many believers are letting the lions control your life. And it's stopping you from fulfilling the call of God. It's stopping you from getting the best that God has for you. A lot of believers don't live with God's best. Because the only way you get God's best is if you're in position to receive it. Too many believers don't put themselves in a position to receive God's bless. The conditions ain't perfect. I'm still struggling. God, how am I going to jump in the pit? Man, everything's falling apart around me. How many know God didn't call us because we were perfect? Think about it. He called us at our worst. And he called us by name. And he said, son, daughter, I got a plan for your life. If you could only believe me, if you could only trust me, if you only jump in the pits that are there, you'll experience my supernatural power like you would never believe you can experience it. It wasn't perfect. He chased him. He jumped in. It wasn't a great day where he can be sure-footed. It wasn't a great day where conditions were perfect. But he said, you know what? I trust in 
my God. You may be here tonight and everything's going wrong. And the Lord is saying, just step forward. Just conquer those lies. Oh, God, but you don't know how big they are. You look at Daniel. How many lions were in there? And he says, go ahead. Throw me in here. What did he experience? The supernatural power of God. Shadrach, Meshach, and of one of you guys. What did he experience? <laughs> they experienced the supernatural power of God. Why? Because they weren't afraid of lions. Amen. The Bible says we are bold as lions. He's the lion of Judah. And we are made in his image. So that means we have the same authority and the same power. Ecclesiastics 11.4 says, Farmers who wait for the perfect weather never plant. If they watch every cloud, they never harvest. What has God called you to do? What has God called you to become? What has he called you to kill? See, God's promises are are not to be based upon the conditions we we face. His promises are, okay, but everything's good. Stand on my promise. No, his promises are based upon the word of God. If we stand on the word of God, God will see us through, and he'll take us to a supernatural level. But too many of us are looking at our conditions. Oh, too many people are coming against me. I can't make it to church because I got all these issues Stop being a sissy. In the world, you weren't a sissy. In the world, you you had no excuses. You stole from your own family. Oh, he went there, huh? What excuses are you using that are stopping you from killing your lion? I'm too busy. I'm not qualified. I have too many problems. I'm not ready. Or I'm sick. How can God use me? Just jump in the pit, whatever condition you're in. It doesn't matter because when you jump in and you function under the anointing, it doesn't matter how sick you are or what's going on through your body. God will anoint you for what he's called you to do. You'll never be ready. Things will never be perfect. It takes faith to kill lions. See, your lion is a God-given opportunity to seize your destiny. Your lion usually shows up at the worst time in your life. Oh, I didn't expect this. It doesn't matter. If you jump into that pit and kill that lion, it's going to take you to your destiny. It's a God-given opportunity. And my last point, you need to believe that God knows what he's doing. God knows what he's doing. He didn't make a mistake. Oh, I don't know why I'm in this church because God brought you here. I don't know why I'm in our programs because God put you there. It wasn't your parole officer. It wasn't your parents. God had to work overtime and orchestrate everything to get you there. Amen. Now you have to embrace that and say, God, I'm in this place and this situation, God, because you're trying to take me to another level. I need to believe that you know what you're doing. He strategically positions us in the right place at the right time. That right right place, sometimes it seems like the wrong place. How many can say amen? The right time often seems like the wrong time. 
But we must learn to recognize the window of opportunity. That pit is a window of opportunity. Some of you have been afraid to jump in that pit. That's why you're going in circles. Because God says, I, I, I put it there as a window of opportunity, but you're afraid to jump in. See, opportunity, the definition, it, it, it's, it's called a, a kairos, kairos word. It's spelled C-A-R-I-O-S. I don't know if I'm saying it right. That means a set or proper time or a season. So when the pits come up, it's a, it's a set time by God himself. A Kairos moment is a moment of divine opportunity. It's an opportunity, and this opportunity does, does not knock. It roars. We need to understand opportunities normally come as disguised as problems. It was in the midst of the situation that Benaniah found himself face to face with the lion in the pit. Matthew 19, 26 says, but with God. All things are possible. Yes. Say it with me. With God. God. Say it like you mean it. With God. God. All things are possible. So that means whatever you're facing tonight, with God. You're not jumping in the pit by yourself. You're jumping in the pit with God. Lion killers, they do their part. If he didn't take a risk... He would have never experienced the supernatural hand of God. He took advantage of his chiral moments. How we handle our lines in the pit will determine our outcome. How we handle our lines in the pit will determine our destiny. Ben and I took a leap of faith, jumped in the pit. And now we read about how great he was. Paul understood this kind of trust and commitment to God's faithfulness. In 2 Timothy chapter 4, verse 17 and 18, Paul says, But the Lord stood at my side and gave me strength so that through me the message might be fully proclaimed and all the Gentiles might hear it, and I was delivered from the lion's mouth. Verse 18, The Lord will rescue me from every evil attack and will bring me safely to his heavenly kingdom. To him be the glory forever and ever. Amen. As everyone stands here. See, this spiritual principle does not just apply to preachers or, or there those that are just in ministry. This applies to every believer. It applies to every arena of life. Benaniah did not have a lion in his hand. He had his future in his hand. He jumped into his destiny. He jumped into his purpose. He seized his Kairos moments. The question is, where are you at tonight? See, if you take the meaning of his names, the word Jehadad, that was his dad. It means God knows. Benaniah means God builds. This tells us what's taking place here. Though the twin truths that are here that are the secret how to kill a, a, a lion at our worst possible time. It says God knows and God builds. God knows what? God knows where you're at. He chose that place for you. 
You may say, I can't take it no more. He knows what you can take. He knows what you can handle. And he's trying to bring more out of you because where he's going to take you to, it's going to require more of, of you, of him inside of you. Then it says, God builds. He's shaping and molding you into the lion killer he wants you to be. Don't quit. Don't give up. God's got you. Maybe you're here tonight and you don't know the Lord. You say, man, but I hear this a lot. I want to be a lion killer, but I got all these issues. That's okay. We all have issues. Then when we get saved, we still have issues. As long as we're in this flesh, we're going we're gonna to be battling that flesh. And so we're going to be fighting issues all the time. But maybe you're here and you don't know the Lord or you backslid. And you say, you know what? I, I just want to receive them back again. Just lift up your hands where you're at. I want to say a word of prayer. I see that hand. Anyone else? I see the hand. Anyone else? Those in our live stream, if that's you, click the link there. And, and that way we can continue to keep you in prayer. Those that lifted up your hands, I want you to come forward. This is, this is the lion's pit. We're saying, I'm just going to jump in because the devil's not going to have nothing on me no more. That's it. Come on. There was a couple of more hands come up. This is not to embarrass you. This is, to, this is the same way we came. We came and we had to say, God, I mean, in the world, we didn't care how we lived. So now when we get saved, God, I'm always in. I'm jumping into the pit from this day forward. But I want you to repeat this prayer after me. Say, dear Jesus, come into my heart. Say, I'm a sinner. Cleanse me of all my sins. Wash me white as snow from this day forth. I live my life for you. Help me, God, to live for you every day. In your son's name, amen.